Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota of Brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in Southwest Mississippi four years in a row. Come see the difference. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota of Brookhaven, we deliver. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. That's right. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me. And if you are where I'm sitting, which uh, is not in Oxford, the weather's a little bit nicer in Oxford, a little bit more uh, palatable, if that's the word. But you guys are going to deal with it, too, up there. Uh, God bless you if your HVAC unit goes out. Um, We've got like eight straight days of topping out over 100 degrees here in this area. It is terrible, so I hope you're finding a way uh, to beat the heat. If you've got little ones, uh, I hope they're enjoying the first few weeks of school, and I hope you're having a really good week. We are getting ever so close to football season. We're eight days away from week zero. We are 13 days away from that big first Thursday, Florida, Utah, Nebraska, Minnesota, and 15 days until Ole Miss and Mercer kicks off. I love the sound of that. I hope you do as well. Lane Kiffin met with the media yesterday after practice, and that's going to kind of be the basis of this podcast today because he uh, did the the runaround, the charade with the uh, with the quarterback position. Kind of cracks me up if we're, we're being honest, but... Uh, he he did not not only did not name a starter but said he's doesn't know who it's going to be and and did all that and uh, and we talk about that a lot here on this edition of the show. Other news, uh, Ole Miss related. We talk about recruiting as well. That's got to happen before we actually talk about it happening. But still, I get asked about it, and so we talk about it. Um, a feel good story uh, uh, coming out of Ole Miss football. Cedric Johnson. Cedric Johnson uh, was named the recipient of the Chucky Mullins Courage Award last night, and uh, a a very deserving recipient. I don't know if he's going to change his number or or wear the patch. I have no idea. The article I've got up makes reference to a a patch, but but I don't don't know if he's going to wear it. Either way, he is um, a a very well-deserving recipient of that uh, that honor. Uh, There's videos that Ole Miss posted on their website if you want to watch his interview after receiving the award, and, and you can kind of see what, what most of you probably already know about him. A, a very genuine and smart, and uh, just it seems like a really good young person. Um, going from KD Hill to him, that's a great one-two punch of guys uh, receiving that award and representing your school in that way. So obviously a good football player. Uh, it's a big year for him if he stays healthy. He's got Draft potential, no doubt. He's a very important aspect of Ole Miss from from a football perspective. But guys like him are very important to Ole Miss from a how they represent your school perspective. So really good kid, really deserving recipient of that award. And so, again, I don't know if he's changing the the number or not, but for whatever it's worth to you, uh, I think that that was a a well-deserved honor and one that he will absolutely... um, not only take seriously, but he will carry that legacy really, really well. So, uh, good uh, good for Cedric, and uh, he's poised to have a, uh, have a big year. 
Before we get into the live chat, which is uh, the the nature of this podcast today, it was a live chat last night, talked a lot about quarterback and Lane Kiffin and, and what he said about quarterbacks and recruiting and stuff like that. So that, that was last night's live chat. Here it is for you after I tell you that you need to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. Follow me there. Next live chat will be Sunday night. Hope to see you there. If not, as you know, it'll be loaded right here into this very feed. Also... If you haven't subscribed to this podcast already, you need to. Search Rebel Report wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on the website, search Rebel Report, Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. And the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website. If you or your business are in the market for office technology and you're located anywhere, and I mean anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, and you, again, need office, technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, IT projects, phone systems, whatever the case may be. If it's tech, if it's in the office, and you need it, check them out, absms.com. Tell them I sent you. you get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations, so there's likely one very close to you, like there is me. And when I use Priority One Bank, it's it's a unique experience. They know who I am. They are uh, they're friendly because that's how they operate. That's how they approach uh, the day to day operations of uh, Priority One Bank branch. It is local. It is people that will know you and remember you and treat you well. You'll have good, positive banking experiences, which is not always the case, but it is at Priority One Bank. They make you their priority. Check them out today. Here it is, the uh, the live chat from last night. A lot of quarterback conversation on this one. Hope you enjoy, and I'll talk to you again probably tomorrow after the possibility of some recruiting news. If it happens, we'll talk about it. That's the next time you're going to hear from me. If not, I'll see you on Sunday. Talk to you then. Here's the live chat. But here's uh, the local rub is one of the three that haven't is Ole Miss. And if you are one of those people that takes everybody literally, which I don't think any of you are, but if you're one of those people that takes everything literally, Lane Kiffin is tr- uh, said today that it is still very much an open competition. He has no idea who he's going to start at quarterback. Um, he's lying, but we're going to talk about that if you guys, uh, of course, if you guys want to talk about that and uh, and whatever else comes up in chat for the next 30 minutes or so. I know it's a little bit shorter. It's just what it's got to be uh, tonight because it's late and, uh, you know, had to do the dad thing, and that's okay. Uh, Sunday night will also be a little bit later, shooting for 8 o'clock on Sunday night for what it's worth. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, please like the video, subscribe to the channel if you have not already. I uh, would appreciate that very, very much. We are ever so close to college football season. Here's your daily numbers. Nine days until week zero. 14 days until that first Thursday, Florida, Utah. By the way, Florida's beating Utah. Florida's beating Utah. I've got a, a lunch bet with Haydad on it. Florida is beating Utah. It's going to happen, I think. We'll see. That's uh, that's 14 days from right now. 16 days until our teams get kicked off around here. 21 days, three weeks until the NFL season begins. Chiefs and Lions from Arrowhead. 
and 24 days until the New Orleans Saints start their season. Hopefully that lifted your day up. I, every time I look at those numbers, it makes mine. We are in the single digits, guys, in the single digits away from college football if week zero counts, which it does. It's college football. It's uh, not as sexy as your typical college football, but it is college football. And uh, for what it's worth, that first – you guys ready to see this? This is insane. I know weather is like not something that you're supposed to talk about often, but will it focus where you guys can see those numbers? And that's not heat index, by the way. You can't see the numbers. That's not heat index, by the way. The next 10 days in Madison, the highs, not heat index, just the high temperature, 97, 99, 100, 99, 100, 100, 101, 199. What the hell? That first Saturday of college football, it's going to be 99 degrees where I live. It sucks. Anyway, let's get into the chat because uh, I'm wasting your time and I've got about 25 minutes left uh, to do it. So first one, hello, man. Why is Kiffin doing the same thing again? He said today he still doesn't know who the quarterback is. So yeah, do you believe him? Do you believe Lane Kiffin when he says competition's great, they're all doing well, he doesn't know who he's going to start at quarterback? Um if that is actually true, as, I, as I've as i said to you guys before, that is actually true, they're doing a horrible job of hiding it. Um, or they're doing a horrible job of making it appear as if that is the case because all of the, the viewing periods that the media has gotten to see up there in Oxford, all of it, all of it, it's been very clear that Jackson Dart is the quarterback of that football team. And so... Either the exact opposite of what they present publicly, including in a scrimmage and all the practices, unless the exact opposite is happening behind closed doors, they're doing a really bad job of showing it. I think coaches lie. This isn't a knock against Kiffin. They all lie. They all embellish. They're all, it's what they do. It's, you know, they protect what goes on in their programs like the Federal Reserve, man. It's, it's something serious. Gosh, don't you dare ask about an injury uh, with with most of these guys. But um, I think that he's I think he's lying. And again, that's not a Kiffin's a liar. It's they're all liars. I, I think he absolutely uh, has known for a while who his quarterback is going to be. I, I think everybody knows that it's going to be Jackson Dart. So the question is why is why did he talk like that today? Um, and it, it could be as simple as he just didn't feel like being revelatory. If you listen to the press conference, he really wasn't in a mood to talk about stuff. Just he, he wasn't real happy to be there. Now, he seems optimistic about his team, if we're being honest. But um, no, he wasn't real happy to be there. Maybe he just didn't feel like dealing with it today. That's that's possible. It's also possible. I, I heard a good theory, and that's all it is, just in conversation. Um that maybe he's trying to keep Sanders around, that that he really doesn't want Spencer Sanders to leave because especially with the way that he wants to use quarterbacks, injuries can happen, and he thinks that he can run Dart more, possibly risking injury, which is you know it's the best way for them to win a game, is with Dart running more, and if he gets hurt, they feel like they they'd still be good there. Maybe it's that. Maybe he just. That makes sense to me, that he's trying to sell to Spencer Sanders that, you know, if you're looking around, if you're looking across the country, maybe at like an Iowa State who is now 
in need of a starting quarterback or or whatever the case may be, don't go because you're still uh, you're still around here. But um, it's it's one of those two, I think. He either just didn't feel like being revelatory, wants to keep pushing Dart for uh, for a little while. Um, yeah, those those are the options. I think. Sorry, I, I froze there, but I think the, it's one of those two. It's either he just didn't feel like talking, or um, is trying to keep Sanders around, or trying to continue to push uh, Dart and have him compete for the next two weeks. Still, uh, one of those three. Next one, Jackson Dart has had the job from the jump. My uninformed opinion. I do think they they brought in Sanders with the intention of of him actually competing for the job. I've you know I've seen some people say not like media people, but just like conversation with fans and stuff and on Twitter or whatever that you know Kiffin brought Sanders in to make like exclusively brought him in for Jackson Dart's benefit, and, and I don't think it's that simple. Now that's a that's a benefit for sure. That that is a boost that helps. But I do think that they brought in Spencer Sanders with the intention of giving him opportunities to be the starting quarterback of the team. I don't think it was just about helping Dart improve. I do think that they they saw an opportunity and and took it. But I think that with, with Sanders' injury in the spring and, and Dart's improvement, I, I don't think there was ever a time where it truly was equal. I reserve the right to be wrong. Uh it just doesn't – that's not what it sounds like, you know? And if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, you don't think platypus, you know? So, Michael just says LFG. Yeah, man. it's We're, we're single digits now. Tomorrow is eight days. That's going to feel good. Is Jackson Dart going to start? Yes, I believe so. I believe so. I mean, there's no, there's nothing indicating other than Kiffin's words, which kind of feels stupid to say, right, doesn't it? Like, other than what the coach says, it doesn't sound like it's – but yeah, other than what Kiffin says, it, it doesn't sound like it's anybody else's job. Did I see that the LSU game sold out? Not surprised. You're getting more optimistic about the LSU game, or maybe it's just preseason optimism. I love this time of year. And yes, I, I know that the uh, the music keeps playing. I I, I drag it down. I, I, I drag it down. Uh, just like like having a music bed and then just cutting it off is like jarring to a listener if you're going to play music on anything in broadcasting and you just cut it off that's not good it like it's like a jump scare almost for for a listener so you want to ease volume down and so that's what I try to do I don't have like a soundboard or anything in here um because I'm just at home and all I have is this microphone that plugs into my computer uh, because I got rid of the old mixer and uh so I have to like drag it on the software anyway that's too much information that you're asking for um you know what's going to sound so stupid now that I'm going to say it out loud? Uh, I think that Ole Miss has a better chance of beating Alabama than LSU, even though one's in Tuscaloosa and one's at home. Uh, I know how stupid that sounds, or maybe it's not stupid. I don't know. But I love this time of year, optimism season. Um, no, I, I don't think LSU is is a game that would be insurmountable for them uh, to win. I, I wouldn't expect them to. As we sit here on August 17th, I don't think that's going to be a game that they will win, but I, I don't think that's a L like double underline circle it twice. There's no way in hell they're, they're losing that game either. I don't think that's the case. 
You thought it was interesting. Kiffin posted something on Twitter, and guess who was in the picture? Could it be the first sign that Dart is the starter? Uh, that would not be the first sign. <laughs> that that would not be the first sign. That would be Kiffin's uh, first public acknowledgement, I guess. Let me pull it up and see. Um. Hmm. I don't see. I, I believe you. I'm just. I'm not finding what uh, what you're looking for. But um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Focused on September second. Oh, I see. I see what you're talking about now. Yeah, that. Um, I mean, the, the team accounts on, on every platform have been so incredibly dart heavy. Again, everything, all the practices, the the viewing periods that the media has been able to see, and, and like everything that they've presented publicly absent like Lane's press conference today, but like all of the players in their interviews say all the same things, everything that the media gets to see at practice. It's, it's all the same that even the social media posts and stuff, Jackson Dart is, is the focus of everything quarterback related. Why is he doing the competition thing when he knows who will win? Uh, in his mind, whether you agree or disagree with the sentiment in his mind, Having competition makes everybody in it better. Competition breeds excellence. Complacency does not. And so um, Dart was not a finished product. It it was different going into Matt Corral's last year um, because, anyway, you get my point. Jackson Dart was not a finished product and not good enough last year to not be pushed to improve. I like his upside what we saw a year ago, every week I kept thinking and saying to you guys and, and on the radio show that there's going to be growing pains with Dart, but the talent is evident. And for some reason, some people didn't see what I saw. The talent was very clearly evident. It, it He just wasn't polished. But if he did not improve from last year to this year, then then the team's ceiling is is low, lower, not low, but lower than it is right now. And so Kiffin thinks, for, for better or for worse, promoting competition and not handing it over to, to Jackson Dart and not even bothering bringing in Spencer Sanders and maybe get Walker Howard or and, and just kind of like, oh, here you go, Jackson, it's, it's all yours, isn't what's best for him. So that's why he does this competition thing. That's why he's doing it right now is because he thinks that that's what's best for the room itself. And frankly, his track record tells you that he, he knows – how to pull the strings when it comes to quarterbacks. He he has got a track record um, that that speaks to it. How big will landing Cam Franklin be to this old Miss class? Oh gosh, uh, is that going to happen? Apparently, momentum has shifted, but a, 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 I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. Ready? Committing on Saturday matters because the overwhelming majority of commitments do not flip. Flips get all the attention on signing day, but the overwhelming majority of commitments do not flip. So that would be a big deal. However, nobody is going to stop recruiting him or, or ease up recruiting him until he actually signs something. 
So getting him to commit is big because it means even if it's by a small margin, you are a favorite. And the favorites, when it comes to commitments, usually win. That's that's how it works in recruiting. Commitments usually stick. But everybody's going to keep trying for that, dude. So it's getting a commitment would be big. It would matter, but it's not the end of the recruitment. They're, they're still going to have to push for... Yeah, Memphis Rebel, you're right. It, it won't be over until December, e- either way. But it, it would be significant. It would matter, for sure. Did I watch the Saints on Sunday? Crazy ending. The Saints offense and defense look better. I know it's preseason. Yeah, and and I feel so good about that team. It scares me. It scares me how good I feel about the Saints. But but how could you not? Because they were a seven-win team last year with pathetic quarterback play and, and the worst injury luck in the NFL. They were banged up all over the place. They they had really bad a really bad situation at quarterback. And, and the injury bug bit them like nobody else in the league. So when you add competency at quarterback, Derek Carr's not great. You know, I don't... I don't think he's all famer or anything like that. He's he's not great, but he's competent, certainly competent and capable. Um, you saw everything you wanted to see on Sunday, and we're gonna have to wait until the Titans game because I don't think Carr's gonna take the field in a preseason game again. But he looked comfortable and in control, and it looked like he had been on that team for a long time, and he clearly has not. And then defensively, getting a what? It wasn't a three and out, but getting the Chiefs' ones off the field after scoring a touchdown. So the ones would have gotten the ball back up a touchdown against the world champions. You could not ask for a better start. Everybody looks really good. Um, yeah, my optimism is through the roof. I, I can't even can't even fathom. Is my lunch bet with Haydad an all-you-can-eat buffet? If I win, no, 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 no. If I win, I'm going to make it expensive. Because next time he'd come to Jackson, we I would have to pay him off or he would have to pay me off. So if I win, I might make him go to like Tico's with me. And, and, and we'll get steaks and I'll, I'll get a glass of bourbon and really break the Haydad bank. But, oh gosh, my inside opinion on the blindside saga. Uh Man, I talked about it a little bit the other day. And, of course, we spent a lot of time on the radio show on it. What what I'm going to do at, at this point, Ramsey, is um, I'm going to wait until anything factual comes out. Because both sides have issued statements and or legal filings. <laughs> I'm done talking about it, I think, for now. I just – Michael Orr's filing was taken as absolute fact without reservation, and it probably shouldn't have been. And on the other side, everything that the Tuies have said is, by some people, also being taken as absolute fact without reservation. And – Doing both is probably a mistake. 
But anyway, until something new happens, I think that stay away from it for a while. You're pretty high on Dart this year. You think he's capable of being a top three quarterback in the league, maybe higher if some others disappoint. You don't think we'll really see what he's made of until Bama, though. Ole Miss can just line up and mow down Tulane and Georgia Tech with the run game. He's got the upside of that for sure. He has the upside of that. How much improvement has he made um, specifically with the deep ball? And, and, you know, there's a misconception about Jackson Dart and, and deep ball passing a year ago. The advanced stats tell you that his vertical passing game, throwing the football further than 10 yards down the field, he was an upper-tier quarterback at doing that. I think where some of the disconnect is, is going from Matt Corral, who was exceptional at throwing deep passes, to Jackson Dart, who was not exceptional a year ago, made him look worse than he actually was at doing it. But he still needs to improve there. Don't get me wrong. But he, but he wasn't near as bad as people say based on the numbers. And look, I know stats lie sometimes, but in that case, it's very specific. And throwing the, the ball vertically down the field was something that he wasn't bad at. Can he improve? Yeah. He wasn't bad at it, though, um, the, the way some people think that, uh, that he was. And yeah, you're right. I, you know, people are circling that week two. We'll learn a lot about Ole Miss in week two because Tulane is not Mercer. As I've said to you guys before, uh, there's nothing that we can learn or take away from the Mercer game, and I mean nothing, other than injuries and who starts. That's it. So we'll learn a little bit about them after Tulane, but if if they can't line up and run all over Tulane, then they're going to have a hard time in the SEC this year. I expect that to be the case. So, yeah, maybe it is that trip to Tuscaloosa where it will really be, all right, who is Jackson Dart now? You say hot take dark will dart will be a top five quarterback in the SEC this year. May not be that hot. He also wasn't. Yeah, you and I are on the same page, man. I, I didn't see this message before uh, I ranted a little bit. You say he also wasn't ever bad last year. Dude was getting better as the team all collapsed around him. Did I leak the Auburn starting quarterback? Yeah, you guys saw that, right? <sighs> the the. New age of media thing, that, that statement from Freeze, uh, I find to be bizarre. Actually, you know what? I shouldn't find it to be bizarre. Um, but what, what was the here? I'll, I'll pull it up because anyway. Uh, David Ubbin from The Athletic. Apparently, according to him, Freeze sounded a noise at the, that the news leaked early, but seeded that that's the new world in media. Quote, only four people knew that. I didn't even tell the staff. How he, at this point in his career and life, doesn't realize that when you tell people things, other people are going to know. Like one of those four people that you told. Was one of them one of the players? What Was one of the four people you told one of the players? If that answer is yes, then sorry. He's going to text his girlfriend. He's going to call his dad. That news gets out. Everybody wanted to know who the starting quarterback at Auburn was going to be. The second you start telling people who you've decided on, it's going to get out fast because everybody affiliated with Auburn wants to know, and it was always going to be Peyton Thorne anyway. But this idea that, 
the new age in media, whatever the hell that means. Um, reporters reporting has been around forever. And how you're surprised that anyway, that just it's so stupid that you would get upset that that would leak when you started telling people what your decision is. And it was the topic of the offseason for Auburn. Of course, it's going to get out. Whatever. It's just the, the obsession with controlling everything from football coaches is obnoxious. And, and he's the worst of them. On Josh Pate's show, he pointed out or pointed to state as a team that could win the West if Bama, LSU, and AM faltered due to the schedule. Alabama, LSU, and Ole Miss at home and returning experience. My thoughts. Um, the the experience is is such a big part of that Mississippi State team. And um I don't I don't understand why he puts Texas AM in the same category as Alabama and LSU. I don't. I understand how talented that roster is, but it, but until they can beat the lesser programs in the West with any sort of consistency, then I, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, if A&M falters, State could be ahead of them. Like, no, I, I kind of already expect that to happen because that's how it's been always. Uh, but to tell you the truth, I, I don't expect Alabama and LSU to falter uh, to the point where anybody in the West can, can overtake them. Um, there, there's a chance that State is better than a lot of people nationally are giving them credit for because of how veteran that football team really is. I mean, there, there are fourth and fifth year guys everywhere on that team, grown men at, at this point. But no, I, I really don't think that there's anybody in the West, including Texas A&M, that can challenge Alabama or LSU to win the division. I think it's a two horse race. And I, I, I cannot, in good faith, put Texas A&M on the same plane or even on a plane of their own until they prove they belong there. Like, if, if, if you wanted to go LSU-Alabama on Tier 1 in the West and put A&M in Tier 2 and then anybody, like, by themselves, you're, you're wrong. They have to prove it first. Until they show you that that is actually who they are, that's not who they are. Oh, but the recruiting. Oh, the roster. That's how it's been since Jimbo's gotten there. Until they show you that's who they are, that's not who they are. If Dart is really taking that next step, then Ole Miss should be able to go toe-to-toe with LSU. Uh, The bigger next step that needs to be taken is up front on the offensive line if they're going to beat LSU, I think. But I hear you. I mean, improved quarterback play. That's why everybody talks about quarterbacks so much. It's... If you are good there, it it can mask a lot of problems on a football team as well. And so if he's improved, if if the floor of quarterback play has elevated for Ole Miss, then the ceiling of the team has elevated. Josh Pate, longtime Ole Miss hater, is he? You don't know why he always thinks they'll be bad and yet praise Kiffin. I wonder if he's a little salty. He was wrong about Auburn and Lane. A lot of people. We're wrong about Auburn and Lane. I expected him to go. I did spend time on this stream, though, before that got really weird, um, arguing for why that didn't make sense. It just took Lane a while to get to that same conclusion as uh, as well. 
if Ole Miss beats Alabama, you'll put all of your money on LSU winning the game because Ole Miss will not be focused. <laughs> Ole Miss needs to beat one of Alabama, LSU to have that special season. Yeah, it's a requirement uh, because going to Athens and winning is such a challenge. That, But yes, if, if they can win one of those two games, then guys, even a nine-win season, which, which could get you into an access bowl, it wouldn't be the Sugar Bowl, but I don't remember who's hosting the playoff games this year, but let's say the Orange Bowl. It'd be one hell of a year and a fun year. I have no idea where Cam Franklin's going. I, I really don't know. I have no idea. They, they seem to have momentum, but I don't know. Recruiting predictions sometimes can get silly. Do I think he'll actually name Dart like a day or two or a week before Mercer? It'll be known before the game. It'll be known before the game. Back to the Saints. Yeah, Saints won seven games a season ago, and think about how awful they were and could have won two to four more games easily, no doubt. With just with below average quarterback play, they could have won at least two more games. There's no reason why the Saints team couldn't win 11 or 12 games at least. If they stay healthy, 11 and 6 is, I mean, and the schedule is so easy. I mean, there are so many new quarterbacks or rookie quarterbacks. Like, they have to go to Carolina, right? Every year they have to play at Carolina. But it's Bryce Young's second start ever. You know, they've got to go to Lambeau, but it's early, so it's not going to be like a freezing cold Lambeau game. It's like a September Lambeau game, and, and Jordan Love's very inexperienced. I love the way the schedule sets up for them. So many inexperienced quarterbacks, not many tough road games, winnable homes. Like for an NFL schedule, it's as easy as it can get. Well, Miss is making a huge final push for Franklin. That final push needs to be in December, but yeah, doing doing one right now as uh, as well. You say we we need him. You can't lose in state kids like that. It's harder to win at a place like Ole Miss when in-state players that are that good go elsewhere, for sure. Do I believe the receiving core will be healthy game one? You heard Franklin was a little banged up. Did I see where Hudson Wolf is practicing? He is. He is practicing. If so, could he get a shot in a loaded tight end room or another position? Not another position. Um, now, he's a tight end, and and I, I suspect that you're not going to see much of him in big games because of Priest Corn. And then you hope Michael Trigg, but if not, you know, Heath is not coming off of two years of surgery, basically. But the fact that he's even playing at all is, is awesome. Um, yeah, I don't think you'll see Franklin for Mercer. I don't know what Jordan Watkins' injury situation is like. They, they, there's still a chance that they're better at wide receiver, though, than, um, than you would think. And I keep saying that. Broken record. I understand. But there's a chance that they're better there. And it's not because Aiden Williams, either. Got to see it first. He, he's a true freshman. But apparently some other guys are having good camps. So who's going to start for... Start at quarterback for Alabama. A lot of people think it's Milrow at this point. Another message. Whoever the starter is for Bama, you don't think they'll be very comfortable come week two against Texas. 
you're, you're not wrong. I don't think so. You're not a buyer in Texas is back, but they could win that game by way of Alabama losing it. They should have beaten them last year. They should have beaten them last year. JP was asked a question about if not Bama, LSU, or AM, then who? Okay, okay. So then he he came to Mississippi State. So it's a bad question. He didn't present Texas AM as equal. The asker of the question didn't do so smartly. Okay. Sorry, Josh. He's a good guy. Uh, nice guy. Um, you're always impressed how the three of you communicate so on the radio show, being in three different locations. What's the key trick to your success? A lot of practice. Hey, that's got about a one-second delay, so sometimes we talk over each other, and that kind of sucks. But you just get it. It's just practice, man. That, that's all it is. We just, we've been doing it for a while. And uh, it seems to come off well. Also, I feel like we have three pretty different personalities, which works. Um, but yeah, man, I appreciate you, Jay. Sounds like Kiffin isn't worried about the Ole Miss chemistry this year the way he did last year. No, he is definitely talking about it differently. But he did point out, and he's right, it's easy to feel good about chemistry and culture now when you haven't experienced a single ounce of adversity so until adversity hits no way of knowing texas a&m or is it texas eight and four i had a four and eight one made and then they went five and seven but oh well is andrew luck a first ballot hall of famer i don't think so i think he'll get in eventually i don't think he should be first ballot and i love andrew luck you agree a special season would be beating LSU or Alabama, but don't forget about that means also winning that big against Tulane. Can't overlook them. Pratt's a good quarterback and a bunch of kids coming back for Tulane. A lot of offensive weapons gone, though. A lot of offensive weapons gone, though. Interesting game. I will be in the city for that one because I'm going to Saints game the next day. But You learn that Golding's philosophy for this year is to be very aggressive. Like they'll plan on a bl- – they plan on – Blitzing a ton and try to rush the quarterback a lot. Um, yeah, he's big on havoc, creating havoc, sacks, turnovers, mistakes. Because they're probably not going to be good enough to, to just line up and beat LSU and Alabama. And if you think that that they're crazy for thinking this or they're spot on, it doesn't matter. Lane Kiffin and Pete Golding expect to beat Alabama and LSU. Everybody should, but they, they they truly do. And so I don't think Ole Miss can just line up defensively and play standard-based defense and beat Alabama. So they're going to have to create havoc and, and create mistakes and big plays and stuff, and so that makes sense. Which wide receiver from a Mississippi school catches the most passes this year? The most passes. Hmm. Trey Harris. I think I think it'll be him. I think so. Yeah, I, that, that's my vote. Um, because as you say, I I saw the one-handed catch from Aiden Williams, but but Trey Harris is a guy that he's a veteran guy. He's older. 
I think he'll be the focal wide receiver in this offense. Everybody's looking at the shiny new toy in Williams, but th- there's there's a veteran guy with really high-level physical tools that can play at the next level that they really like already. I think it'll be him. Who does Kiffin want to beat more, Hugh Freeze or Saban? Maybe Freeze now. Maybe now. Georgia Tech has never played in Oxford. There's your stat of the day. Bobby Dodds refused to come to Oxford back when they were in the SEC. Didn't know that. Did not. Uh, didn't know that. I hate to do this, but I got to run. I, uh, I've gone over uh, my time. I, I've got to go uh, take care of something. So I appreciate you guys. I really appreciate you guys. Sunday, 8 o'clock on, uh, on Sunday. I'll, uh, I'll see you then. Uh, and I'll get this last question in. Uh, you're not a state fan by any means, but do I see Will Rogers being a top three quarterback in the upcoming draft? Absolutely not. Uh, no, I, I I would be very surprised if he's drafted in the first three rounds uh, of the draft. He's he's a he's a good college quarterback. He he can do he can he can do good things. I, I do think the physical tools compared to that of a typical first-round quarterback are lacking. So, anyway, I got to go. See you guys. I'll see you Sunday, seven or eight, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock Sunday. See you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.